0: Welcome to Hacks for Life with Galen Jones of James Group Ministries, a Christ-centered conversation that will encourage and inspire you to live a better life. Now let's join Galen Jones of James Group Ministries.
1: I'm Galen Jones, your host, and you're listening to Hacks for Life. We're talking with uh, Scott Rahi, a good friend of mine, and we're talk- discussing the historical Jesus, the fact that Jesus, the man, actually did exist. So, Scott, take it away.
2: Okay. So, we've been doing this for several sessions now, several conversations now, and I've promised to sort of turn us to actual uh, more detail about some of these su- supposed claimed um connections between jesus and some of these quote dying and rising gods um first of all i don't think before jesus there is such a thing as dying and rising gods in history and i'm going to start with a quote there's a there's a quote from uh, the encyclopedia of religion that's authored by jonathan w smith and in that book here's what uh here's what uh, uh smith says this is the quote the category of dying and rising gods once a major topic of scholarly investigation must now be understood to have been largely a misnomer based on imaginative reconstructions and exceedingly late or highly ambiguous texts all the deities that have been identified as belonging to the class of dying and rising deities can be can be subsumed under the two larger classes of disappearing deities or dying deities in the first case the deities return but have not died in the second case, the gods die, but do not return. There is no unambiguous instance in the history of religion of a dying and rising deity. Now, he means prior to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So there's not anything already. This guy's already saying, you know, that Jesus doesn't depend on um, these earlier dying and rising deities because there aren't any earlier dying and rising deities. And I mentioned the last time that <laughs> the um, – the Jews you know people I mentioned the guy who said the Sumerian text or the source for the the, the you know hebrew text and then yeah. later the christian text and the point was just because something's written earlier doesn't mean the later text depended upon it right well i've got a couple of quotes i want to read from exodus it, i i mentioned that the jewish cu- the jewish culture really uh, abhorred and shunned other gods mm-hmm. Now I mean there are, pe- there are a lot of people that Worshipped false gods in the Old Testament That's right. obviously right. true right. but the authors Of the Bible and the, the people that Were you know faithful followers of God They abhorred these and, I, and so I'm going to read uh, Let's start with Exodus 20 verses 2 through 4 um, It says I am The Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt Out of the land of slavery you shall Have no other gods before me and that's you know, the Beginning of the first ten, the 10 commandments um, and then Exodus 22, verse 20, whoever sacrifices to any God other than the Lord must be destroyed. And um, then if you read uh, the first six or the first six verses of De- Deuteronomy 7, I'm not going to read the whole thing. That's an extensive warning against serving false gods. There is, I mean, the Old Testament uh, is replete, and so is the New Testament. It's replete with this. Idea that God is the only true God, and any other God is not a real God, and you you know, reject them, turn your back on them. Certainly, don't depend on them for the sources of your texts. Right? You know. So, you know, I wanted to wanted to put that out there and kind of kind of sum it up. But what are these comparisons? I've got. I I went ahead and put together a, a spreadsheet, and the five deities that. Show up most often. This is not exclusive, but it's a good enough sample. People can take this and say, "Well, if I find something that's not on this list, I can feel fairly confident." It and when I do my research, it's going to be of the same variety. Right. Okay. So the five main deities are Horus, Mithras, Dionysus, Attis, and Krishna. Okay. And here's here's the comparisons that. Uh, that they they like to make. One of the first ones is the virgin birth. They'll say, if you read, they'll say, Addis was born of a virgin. Dionysus was born of a virgin. Horus was born of a virgin. Krishna was born of a virgin. Mithras was born of a virgin. So they'll say, you know, all of these were born of a virgin. Well, let's let's test that and let's see what the source documents tell us. Was Addis born of, of a virgin? Here's what the actual source documents say about him. Adis was born of the nymph Nana, after she was impregnated by an almond, which was um, which was um affected by the semen of Zeus. Now that's not a virgin birth. I mean, if it's an almond or whatever, that, that there's no similarity to the virgin birth of Christ. There's just none. Yeah. But they, you know, they'll come in and say, oh, well, he's a, vir-, you know, no, he's not. Well, what about Dionysus? Maybe Dionysus was born of a virgin. As with Adis, there are two versions of. Uh, The birth of Dionysus, and neither one involves uh, him being born of a virgin. In the first, Dionysus is conceived after his mother, Simile, a mortal woman, is impregnated by Zeus. And you have to realize that in the Greek culture, Zeus Mm -hmm. was envisioned as actually having physical sex with these women it wasn't a virgin birth he would actually you know appear as Mm -hmm. a man and 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 sort of seduce them and they have okay so it's not a virgin birth so that's the first one in the second version of the birth story Dionysus is the offspring of Persephone her having been impregnated by Zeus so either one whichever the mom is they had physical sex with with Zeus before it occurred and for those that don't know this Christianity does not teach that God came down and had sex with Mary. It's a divine act and it's uh, it's a miraculous birth, but there's no physical sex act involved in that. Right. So it's again not a comparison. What about Horus? This I've seen more often than any. Horus Horace Horace? is very prominent. He's if you had to pick one of these, people will say Horus is the same. You know, so when I get to here, this, is the one that you're most likely to hear. But here's the truth about Horace's
1: birth. And you can Google any of this the, oh, yeah, these names, yeah. and you can find
2: all this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I found most of it online. I didn't go over and read the stele from the Egypt in, the, in Egypt for this. I I, I found the, the the transcripts of the stele, and that's you know so yeah, but it's online. Here's the truth about Horus. Before his birth, his father, Osiris, was dismembered by set into 14 parts, which were dispersed throughout Egypt, which is why there are so many tombs for Osiris to be found in Egypt. They don't know where his body is. It was 14 different places. Osiris' wife, Isis, gathered the parts and pieced them together, except for Osiris' phallus, which she could not locate. Because Set had thrown it into a river, and it was eaten by a fish. Isis then fashioned a phallus for him by drawing the seed of her body. Uh, She fashioned it out of clay. She basically made a clay phallus, and then she had sex with that and drew the seed from the body of her dead husband, thus conceiving Horus. Again, not a virgin birth, and there's nothing in there that looks even the tiniest bit similar. To the virgin birth story. Yeah. You're not going to take this and go, hey, this is a story. Let me make something up similar and come up with the story that you're going to find in the Gospels. It's yeah. just not there. Yeah. Let's look at um, Krishna. They say Krishna was born to a virgin. Here's what is true here's the truth about Krishna Krishna was not born to a virgin. Contrary to critics' suggestions that Krishna was born to the virgin Maya, Krishna was the eighth son of Devaki and her husband Vasudeva. Now, if he's the eighth son of this woman, she wasn't a virgin whenever he was born. He's got eight older brothers. Um, and this is, according to the, this is according to the Hindu text. Here is, here's what it says. You have been born of the divine Devaki and Vasuveda for the protection of Brahma on earth. It is true that with her previous seven sorry that when while her previous seven sons were born through normal conceptions and birth, Krishna's birth was said to have been miraculous, uh, in that he is said to have never entered the womb of Devaki, but was already there in her mind and heart. But she was never a virgin, or she was at some point, but not when Krishna was. Right.
1: She already had brothers. That's hard to.
2: Yep. So let's let's go last to Mithras. He's a fairly popular Roman deity. here's the truth about that not was he born to a virgin not only was mithras not born to a virgin he was not born of a woman at all but rather he emerged from a rock and in proximity to a wild bull which critics choose to liken to the christian manger scene complete with lambs and oxen in the religious text and in the earliest reliefs depicting his origin mithras is seen emerging from the rock as a fully mature being so on the first line the comparisons about the virgin birth—I think we can say with confidence that there's no comparison.
1: It's really interesting that um, you know if I read that, if I heard it is one thing, mm-hmm. but if I went and actually read it, I, I would just kind of walk away going, "That's crazy."
2: People want this to be true, and they don't look. They yeah. see these books that Ash- Asharia, S. Gerald Massey, all these people. And they just read them and go, oh, it must be true. They don't bother to look into yeah. it. And yeah. that's the thing that makes me so frustrated is when Christians get afraid to respond to this because they assume that it must be true. There's nothing to be afraid of. God really does exist. Jesus really did rise from the dead. And so you don't have to be afraid of any of this stuff.
1: Yeah. You know? yeah.
2: Let's talk about the, the one that they say all the time. And this is remember those gotcha moments that I mentioned before. This is another one of those gotcha moments. They'll say, well, all of these other deities have birthdays on December the 25th. That's just Jesus copying from, you know. The first thing to say in that is we're pretty sure Jesus wasn't born on December the 25th. (laughs) There's nothing in the Bible that says when he was born. And we're relatively confident it was sometime in the spring because the shepherds were watching over the flocks by night. And they wouldn't have had the flocks outside unless it was warm enough to do that. So we don't think it was December the 25th. It was just a convenience to to join a couple of other um, holidays in Rome up with the, the – sort of, uh, I think it was Constantine that sort of Christianized mm-hmm. it. But there's nothing in the Bible that says, so fine, if these other deities were all born on December the 25th, who cares? doesn't matter. <laughs> Jesus wasn't. Um, so I think I'm going to skip that one and just move on. But they do say um, Addis, Dionysus, Horus, Krishna – uh, but not Mithras, just those first four are claimed to have had a, a December 25th birthday. The next one, <clears throat> there's a star in the east that accompanied his birth. Now in in the scriptures, in, I think it's Luke, hey, there's a star in the east and the wise men followed it and he found Jesus in the manger. So is that true? Well, they don't make the comparison with Addis, they don't make it with Dionysus, they don't make it with Krishna, they don't make it with Mithras, but they do make it with Horus. Horus I think is mentioned in every single one of these. Actually, they do do it with Krishna as well. I was missing that. So here's the the star in the east comparison. The, story, the stories of Horus do not include the appearance of an eastern star or any star, for that matter. The only reference to a star in relation to Horus is the star Sirius, the brightest star in the night sky. However, this reference is just symbolic. So there's just there's no comparison. Well what about Krishna? They do say they, they do you know some people do make that compl- uh, connection. In the myths Krishna's birth did not involve the appearance of a star, nor was his birth attended by wise men or shepherds for that matter. Krishna is said to have been born in a prison where his parents bore him in secret. So again, no Nothing that is is any sort of. A person is
1: kind of like a manger.
2: Yeah, yeah, let's not do that. You might confuse (laughs) some people. Okay, what about, what's the next one here? The next one is Upon his birth, three kings came to adorn the newborn Savior. The first thing I would say in response to that is the Bible doesn't tell you how many wise men or kings came. This is wise men. So there's nothing about three kings. So get that out of the way to begin with. So the, who is it that's, that is said to have a similarity? Again, it's just Horus in this case. Here's the the truth about that. In the myth of Horus, no mention is made of a visitation by three kings. That's enough. We looked for it. There's not a single reference in the source documents. So they just, somebody just made it up out of whole cloth. I don't know who, but one of those, <coughs> Gerald, Gerald Massey, Asharia S., one of those guys, the Zeitgeist movie. I know it's in the Zeitgeist movie. There's a claim that these other dying and rising gods had a mother whose name was Mary. Who, which of the gods uh, do they claim? Which one would you guess? You would guess it was Horus, because that would be right. Because everybody it's usually Horus, and further down, it's fewer and fewer other gods, but it's always Horus. Here's the truth about Horus's mother. Horus's mother was the goddess Isis, and they make a claim <clears throat> that in Egyptian, her name is Isis Mary, M-E-R-I. mm no, and, and as you begin looking into it, nowhere in antiquity was she ever called Isis Mary. She was always called Isis. But they'll say Isis Mary. Ooh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's no such. There's that. It's just false. And it's when you go through this, you think to yourself, what kind of a person would be so willing to be so just just not to care about the facts? Yeah. You know, because somebody somewhere started this, and they had to believe you know, they. Diluted, or they just had to be doing it for profit, or I don't know what, but it's it it boggles the mind that someone would just go out and just make a weird claim. Like it's like I would go out and say, Bigfoot's in the next room. Well, you can go look, and he's not in there. Well, I'm just going to announce it, and hopefully, somebody's going to believe me. I, you know, it's like, you know,
1: how, how I mean, that happens a lot today, you know, somebody will there'll be a remark made on yep. uh, uh by a commentator on television uh, multimedia or, or whatever right and people will take it and run with it and then it's like oh that that's that's fact and right. it's really uh, uh it seems to me now part of that just you know I probably didn't pay a whole lot of attention to a lot of stuff when i was a kid but it just seems to yep. me like this is just Part of the daily routine right now. You really don't know. Uh, you know the the um, uh, postmodern era. You know the, the the one of the themes was you know truth is relative. Um, right. And it really seems like well,
2: <laughs> your truth I, might be relevant, y- y- relative, but not not in the real world. I
1: mean, uh, wow, yeah. Because some of that's just really hard to believe. What what is it about? I don't want to take us off. I
2: don't know why Horace is so prominent, but that's – whenever I first heard about this, it was in the the, the Religious movie that Bill uh, Maher did, mm-hmm. and I think I talked about that before where yep. he's talking in the – there was this this um, ancient Jerusalem theme park or whatever in Orlando, and people were replaying kind of the passion and everything, and there was a guy – they always had an actor that was dressed up as Jesus, and he's – so Bill Maher's interviewing Jesus, effectively. And he says, well, what do you do about these ancient you know, Mediterranean myths that dying and rising gods from before Jesus? And he goes, well, I've never heard of that. And he goes, oh, yeah, Horace. And then immediately he shows the screen and there's all these comparisons. And you, you know, you just look at it and go, well, it made its way into a Bill Maher movie, which is a documentary, so goodness gracious. Okay, and that All did, documentaries are Of watch. course. And that actually gave me pause. I, I thought, if these things are true... If they genuinely are just repeats, if Jesus is a complete sort of retelling of something earlier, maybe there is something to what they're saying. And I knew I had to look into it. I think that's why I get so um, I get so energized by this, because I don't want anybody else to see this stuff and just be, uh, you
1: know, it, it, captive. It, it
2: can scare people. Yeah, you know, yeah. it can make you either run the other way or make doubt your faith or whatever. And it is so full of baloney, it's not even funny. Yeah. So let's do the, this next one. I'll try and go through these pretty quick. The next claim is that Horus uh, was born in a manger, and he was born in in the House of Bread, which is translated in Egyptian as Bethlehem. Well, there, if that's true, gee, this is just a retelling. Was Horus born in a manger? No. Uh, He was born in a swamp, and he was raised in seclusion in the marshes on the floating island of Chimis. Virgo is referred to as the House of Bread. This is according to the Zeitgeist movie. And the there's a, a book I'm drawing all of this from, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you the name of the book in a minute. I don't want to do this without quoting The ref of the Source, and it's a good book. Yeah. Um, and this guy says, I I consulted over a dozen Latin dictionaries, and the result was unanimous. Everyone defined Virgo as meaning maiden, virgin, or young girl. Not a single Latin dictionary identified Virgo with a, quote, house of bread. And so House of Bread, Bethlehem, there's some similar mm-hmm. but there's nothing that is relevant for Horace about that. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's just made up out of whole cloth. And I don't I feel bad when people do that, but try to convince some of these people that they're wrong. You just as soon convince somebody that they haven't been abducted by a UFO. It really is a challenge.
1: Yeah.
2: The next one is at age twelve he was known as a teacher. Um this is the only said of Horus. There is no indication that Horus was a teacher at age 12. In fact, his mother, Isis, raised him in secret, according to the myth, in the marshes until such a time as he was ready to claim his role as ruler of Egypt. Again, nothing in the source documents saying this. At 30, he, be, he uh, began his ministry after being baptized. This is only said of Horus. None of the Egyptian texts concerning Horus includes a baptism. As a in matter of fact, what, what they'll say is he was baptized by Anup the baptizer, which John the Baptist. <laughs> yeah, right? it's got to be. <laughs> there's no. At, there's no reference in any of the Egyptian texts that where, where Horus was baptized. Critics claim that Horus is said to have been hacked in pieces and thrown in a river. But this is what happened to Osiris, not Horus. Nevertheless, if someone wants to call that a baptism, he can feel free to do so because he doesn't understand baptism. As far as the uh, accusation that John the Baptist is a mere fa- fabrication based upon Anoop the baptizer, there is no reference of anyone named Anup mentioned in any accounts of Horus. So again, it almost seems silly that we're going through this list, but this list is important because you're going to hit these intractable people, and if your kid is talking to one of these folks, they're going to come home already persuaded that Jesus was just fictional, and if you're not prepared for that, you may lose your child. You don't want that. Well, I mean, not lose them, but... Suddenly they're not going to believe you anymore.
1: It's especially when uh, your kid comes home and uh, from college or you know from school and they've heard that by some professor, um, they automatically the the professor you know what they say has got to be true,
2: right? And so I'll stop with this one. There's other ones on the list, but you can, you know, these, these can all be researched individually. The last one was, he was crucified. And this goes back to, I think all of the, you know, all of them except for, um, is it, yeah you know, the only, the only one that is not set up is Mithras, but everybody else is, it is set up. So with that, Ad, with Addis was Addis crucified. Well, there are six different death accounts of him. I think it's six. It may be more, but at least six, um, the first one, he falls in, uh, according to Ovid, Sibylle falls in love with Addis, makes him her priest, demands chastity of him. However, Addis falls in love with a nymph. Uh, angered, Sibylle inflicts madness on Addis, by which he is compelled to castrate himself under a tree. From the flow of blood, flowers sprout up in the soil, and Addis is turned into a pine tree. Now, that is not, that is not a crucifixion. <laughs> And this is pretty consistent. All of these different ones. I'm not going to read all six of them, but you know, you, anybody interesting can go look. But that's pretty consistent with this one, right? Yeah. Yep. So what about Dionysus? Dionysus' death was due to being dismembered by the Titans. Also, Dionysus' Dionysus' crown of ivy has been compared to Jesus' crown of thorns. However, Dionysus rode, rode, wore this crown his entire life. Jesus only wore it when he was about to be crucified. Um How about Horus? There is no reference to a crucifixion in the Horus myth. In fact, it appears that during a battle with Set, what happened to Horus is that Horus gouged out his eyes, which is not crucifixion. Yeah, that's not
1: crucifixion.
2: Um, And the last one being Krishna that's on here. The Hindu religion texts do not mention a crucifixion in relation to Krishna. Rather, Krishna's death is due to him being pierced in the foot with a hunter's arrow. Now, that's very much like Achilles in... The the, uh, the Iliad, mm-hmm. but you know who knows that may be copied. That could you know who knows, <laughs> but not the story of Jesus. So before we uh, close, and I know I you know I, I kept going on a little bit about this, but I just wanted to get through the list. Let me make a reference to the specific text that yeah, I, I, I find it that. really helpful. Let me pull it up just really quick here. I found this online. I've not seen a physical copy of it. It's probably out there, but it was a PDF. It's called a Sure, a sure Foundation answering the charge against Christianity, and the author's name is Michael Sturgulowski, S-T-U-R-G-U-L-E-W-S-K-I. And it says it can be reproduced and distributed. It is not for sale. I find it to be. I have found it to be an incredibly helpful. Text um, going through this, and this is the these comparisons. Mm-hmm. He actually goes through each one of these and says, "Here's what they say. Here's what the document." He, it's several hundred pages long, so I would reckon You know, I get, I've gotten the information from a lot of places, but he's got it in a consolidated fashion. Yeah. So this is where I, these One-stop are the, the quotes and stuff I was pulling are all from that book. So I think what we can say is there's not any basis uh, to say that Jesus has. Is a retelling of these ancient dying and rising gods. I don't, I just don't see it. I don't think there's any any uh, reason to believe that. So, where I want to turn now, starting next time, is let's let's look a little bit more in historical writings. Let's just start start talking about Jesus in history because when you start looking at Jesus, he's very grounded in history. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to turn away from this this dying and rising stuff, but we still need to see if Jesus is a historical figure. Okay. So we'll shift a
0: little bit with say, stay on the same subject. Okay. Sounds good. I look forward to it. Today. See you then. You've been listening to Hacks for Life with Galen Jones of James Group Ministries. The James Group is a nonprofit, Christ-centered organization that seeks to serve the community by offering skilled, caring support for anyone in need. For help, call 972-243-4673. That's 972-243-4673. For questions and comments, email Galen at jamesgroupministries.net. That's G-A-L-O-N at jamesgroupministries.net. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for another Hacks for Life with Galen Jones.